0: little nine-inch nails here on 105.9, the X, alternative rock all day. (laughs) Obviously, uh, it's me, Mark Madden. We had a little technical difficulty, which pushed back the start of the show here at Buford's on 5th Avenue, but now it's time to talk hockey. The Penguins host Calgary tonight, and things look a bit brighter after that win Saturday against the New York Islanders. Uh, It wasn't easy. The Penguins had 50 shots, a huge shot advantage, but had to kill a penalty in OT before Sid got the game winner. Mike Sullivan made a few changes, which we will talk about, but it was a decent win, and the Penguins could use a win tonight, heading into what is shaping up as a showdown in Philadelphia on Rivalry Wednesday. This is the Mark Madden Show, live at Buford's on 5th Avenue. I am the number one hockey guy in Pittsburgh, and you can't teach that. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call, or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. We got Bob Grove, the Penguins historian. He'll join me in about 10 minutes. Here's what happened on Saturday. Jari made a terrible start, gave up the worst goal, just fell down. But then he regrouped and played okay. Ruedel went in for Hunwick, and Ruedel played very well. This may be Ruedel's big chance. Sullivan reorganized the defense. Uh, Letang and Dumo stayed together. But Alexiak moved left and paired with Schultz. Alexiak played much better. Mata played with Ruedel. Mata is playing so well. He was asked to carry the lesser guy in Ruedel, who hadn't played in a couple months. That reduced Mata's minutes a bit, but it suited the greater good. And up front, Sullivan made some minor changes. Simone came in for Rowney. Tom Kuthakl replaced Rowney on the PK. Hornquist moved to the Crosby line. Russ played on the Malkin line. Simone played with Broussard and Kessel. Sherry was on the fourth line and played very well. Maybe because there's not much pressure when you play on the fourth line. For me, the big developments were Sid scores an OT. He's been playing well, but it felt like he needed that. That was Derek Brassard's best game as a Penguin, and it felt like Brassard needed that goal. Kessel's passing was just sublime. He set up both goals in regulation. He's the wing who passes like a center. And Ruidal was very, very good. Can Ruidal be the answer on defense? I don't know, but I think it's worth giving him a chance. Oh, and Chris Letang is playing very well right now. And how about Tanger gets an assist on the overtime goal, which moves in ahead of Coffee for most assists in Penguin history by a defenseman. And Tanger gets the apple when the puck hits him in the face and goes to sit. I think Tanger needed a couple stitches. That is is some slick playmaking. Uh, We have a significant day coming up tomorrow. Uh, It's the deadline to give Lev Bell the franchise tag or not. That's 4 p.m. tomorrow. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network says the Steelers will slap the franchise tag on Bell for a second straight year. Now, if the Steelers do tag Bell, they can still negotiate a long-term contract. But... If the Steelers do tag Bell, I assume that's when all the threats start. I'm going to sit at the season. I'm going to retire. I'm going to be a full-time rapper. Blah, blah, blah. That's what I'm waiting for, for the fun to start. And I think it's a real long shot that the Steelers let Bell walk. I would guess they tag him tomorrow to keep their options open because they can negotiate mid July, And if Bell won't sign the tender, the Steelers can walk away later. Uh, don't forget, as long as Bell doesn't sign the tender, the Steelers can yank it. And last year, Bell didn't sign the tender until after the uh, season was almost started. Uh, Jeremy Fowler, VSPN, says Bell and the Steelers are far apart in negotiations. Marquise Ponce said on Instagram... The Steelers should give Bell what he deserves. Dude, you're only a center. Shut up and snap the ball, or better yet, give him some of your money. Up next, going to talk hockey with Bob Grove. More Lev Bell talk later. I'm live at Buford's on 5th Avenue, Mark Madden on 105.9.
1: This is Chad Riedel of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX.
0: It is great hockey talk, and it gets even better right now. I'm joined by Bob Grove of Pittsburgh Hockey Now. Uh, Grover, what are your first impressions of Derek Broussard? How's he fit in so far?
1: I think he's been fine so far, Mark. I mean, look, he's coming from a, he's coming from a team that plays uh, about as uh, an opposite a way as the Penguins do as any team there is in the league, right? You know, sit back a lot, et cetera, and he doesn't have obviously the skills surrounding him, so he comes in in two games, had a, had a big goal. Um, the other night in, in the victory over the Islanders had an assist the night before, so I think like anybody, he's learning exactly how the Penguins' system works, but uh, I think given more time, it'll be even better.
0: There's talk now that Broussard may be used on the PK. You almost got to do that with a third-line center, but there's some risk, right? Like when Benino got hurt last year.
1: Yeah, there's, look, I would... If you go back and look at the last few seasons, Mark, he's done no penalty killing whatsoever. I mean, even back to his time with the Rangers, and certainly not in Ottawa. So he hasn't really done any kind of regular penalty killing for some time. Uh, so I think there's, you know, I don't know. I, I, look, they used rust. They gave rust a lot more of that time earlier this season. I'd like to see them, i, I actually like to see them give him more time. Uh, I'd rather use him there, and then maybe spot Sid in a little bit more. To, to be honest with you, but so if you're going to put Broussard in there, um, it's going to it's going to take him a little time to get used to it. I think
0: Sullivan wants Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel on different lines. Can he do that, Grover? Is that what's best for the Penguins?
1: Well, it is. It, it yes, it's best for them as long as they get the people to play with them, and that's what the the, the Broussard trade for me was all about, Mark. So you know, you've got now you've got. Those three centermen and you play Kessel and Broussard and I think once they get used to each other it should be a, uh, a great, you know, a great combination. I, I don't see any reason why they can't work well together. And then, uh, the matchup problems it creates for everybody else is, is really, really an issue. So I, I like the idea. That's why I like getting Broussard in to begin with. And I think that's the, they'll stick with that going forward. And, uh, um, put yourself in, in the, uh, you know, in the shoes of any other opposing coach how you're going to try to match up with those three lines. It's a real headache.
0: What's going to happen on defense, Grover? Who's going to wind up being that sixth guy between Hunwick and Ruedel, and what are the pros and cons of of each of them?
1: Oh, well, I thought Ruedel did really well the other night, Mark. He had not played since December. I thought he came in and had a pretty solid game for for the Penguins, and I'm not really sure why he was a healthy scratch for 15 games before that. I think the, you know, the way that, uh, that Hunwick had been playing sort of – he dictated that you give Ruidle a shot and move Alexiak over to the other side. And I think right now, if I if I had to guess, I'd say um, as long as Ruido can get himself in a consistent form the next few games, I think it's gonna be his job to lose, to be honest with you. I think there probably was some thought about trading Hunwick. But here's the thing, Mark they made a mistake by not getting another defenseman at the deadline. They, needed, they absolutely needed to do that. They've got seven going into the playoffs, and for me, they're shy one guy there. And you create even more internal competition, which I think they needed. The odd part is, Alexiak looked good with
0: Cole, and he looks good with Ruedel. He really seemed to struggle when he was paired with Hunwick.
1: Yeah, he did. And, and it, to me, I, I don't know, just watching them play those few games together, it's like, it's like, it's like they weren't communicating. To each other in, in any any good kind of way, and so they and they ended up. Oh my God, they had a couple of really bad games, um, and so uh, this is an opportunity for Ruedel and um, you know to really make to make a difference and come in and uh, be a guy that Hunwick hasn't been. I mean, you know, Hunwick's just been uh, you know, he's not been good in his own end as much as you'd like him to be, and he's not a guy who's going to contribute a lot of points. And uh, Ruito, one thing I like about Rueda, when he gets the puck mark in the offensive zone, he gets shots on goal, and and I like that about him. So I think there's a real opportunity for him to be the guy, but he's going to have to prove it night after night because as soon as he starts to falter, they're going to go back to Hunwick, I think.
0: We're talking to Bob Grove from Pittsburgh Hockey Now here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. Tristan Jari back in goal tonight, Grover. He started bad on Saturday, but he recovered okay. He's got the pedigree, doesn't he? I mean, I think the Smiths played okay too, but I think Jari just has more talent.
1: I would agree with that. I mean, I want to go back to, you know, when he when he won the Memorial Cup, right? I mean, so he's been a guy. So, uh, you know, for me, that's an, kind of an important consideration for a young goaltender. He's been through that uh, that pressure pack situation, and he came through it, and he won it. And, um, I, I think he's, and look, I can't, you can't minimize the importance of what he meant to the Penguins early in the season when the Emmy went south. They needed a guy to come in and, and, and give them some predictability and goal. And he did that. And he played very well. Um, we just don't know that much about the Smith. He, you know, he's made a handful of starts. He struggled a little bit in the last ones to, to have any kind of consistency. And that's the thing about Jari right now. So he's, you know, he's going through a little bit of a rough stretch. Um, I thought he was more consistent earlier in the season. And right now, between the two of those guys, DeSmith and Jari, there's a little bit of an unknown about exactly what you're going to get. But to your point, yes. After that horrific start to the game the other night, he really rebounded well.
0: What was your take on the line shakeup for Saturday, which wasn't a big shakeup, Grover, and it will stay in effect for tonight, which I guess makes it the status quo?
1: Yeah, I mean, but, you know, status quo for how long? That's the issue, right? So, I mean, he, he's just always moving these guys around. And, and for me, uh you know, I, I always felt like Hornquist was always going to end up back with Sid by, by the time the playoffs started. Uh, I was kind of surprised that he and Malkin played, uh, played as well together as they did because, for me, previously that hadn't been the case. So I think putting Hornquist with Sid gives him a, a lot of predictability, Sid. Um, about how, you know, how things are going to play out whenever, uh, they're in the, in the offensive zone. And I like Gensel there for sure. So, uh, I'm fine with it. You know, I mean, you know, I guess, uh, you know, Sherry on the fourth line is, wow. I mean, he's not a fourth line player. You know that. Um, and, you know, because you're looking for those guys when you get them ice time. I understand why he's there. Because if, if you're going to give Shay and shifts five on five. It can't be with Kuhn, Hawk and Ronnie. There's got to be more creativity on that line to take advantage of what Shane's bringing to the team. So I get it, but when you put that fourth line out there, uh, their number one job, five on five, is number one is make sure you don't get scored on. And Sherry's not the greatest defensive player, so we'll see how that works out. Um, you know, in, in the long in the long run, he's just got to be. He was better for sure on Saturday night, but he's got to have. There's got to be some. Um, you got to get some sense from Sherry that he's going to start cashing in on the chances that he's getting because he's not right now.
0: I want to get back to Hornquist for a second, Grover, because, boy, is he a catalyst or what? His net front presence is such a key on the power play, and whatever line he's on plays a little different, and I mean good different.
1: No, absolutely, because he brings an element that you don't have anywhere else in the lineup. I mean, you just don't have a guy who plays at that speed, you know, without fear, and just uh, is able to win puck battles and hunt pucks, chase them down, win them, win the battles, just take a beating in front of the net, right? So, I mean, there's just so much to love about his about his game, which is why I thought it was important for them to sign him. Um, and you know, we talked about it since the beginning of the year, and I think it was a, it was a great signing for the Penguins to get get him long term because he's just, uh, hey. Every time he wins puck battles along the board, that those are battles that Sid doesn't have to win. Whenever he's playing on a line with them.
0: Uh, speaking of Sid, I think Sid's playing great, but it felt like he needed that goal on Saturday, didn't it?
1: Yeah, he's not been scoring a, a ton of goals, obviously, recently, and I think he's been. Uh, I think he's had some great chances, and I think goaltenders have come up with some pretty good saves on him here through the last few weeks uh but even a guy like him and you know this Mark from talking to those guys all the time uh, they all need a boost of confidence from time to time when I mean, they're getting good chances and pucks aren't going in i don't care who it is um so to get to have him have him get one in that situation you know overtime of a game like that was great i think the next step i'd like to see for him is to get him more involved on the power play i mean right now and i know look the last 10 games or so the penguins aren't getting as many chances they had a few more the last couple but the number of chances, like it does every season, has started to dwindle, and he hasn't been scoring at all on the power play. And that's one of the things that makes the Penguins' power play click is that, you know, reinforcing that notion with opposing teams. Look, this next power play goal it could come from anybody. Yes, Malkin, but it might come from Kessel. It might come from Sid. And Sid's been struggling. think he's got one in his last one power play goal in his last 21 games. Kessel doesn't have any in his last 19. So that'd be the next step for me is so I'd like to see Sid, uh, you know, start cashing in a little bit on the power play.
0: Does it matter where the Penguins finish, Grover? Does it matter what their seed is or home ice or who they play in the first round? Uh,
1: I don't think it matters who they play, to be honest with you. Um, The way they've played on the road this season, I think it's a little more important for them to to try and get home ice than maybe it's been any other season. But, no, I I don't – I mean, you know – if, if things go well for them and work out the way you, you think that they can, they're going to end up playing Tampa in the finals, anyways. The finals in the conference, so um, no, they can beat any of those teams, uh, including Tampa, because there's an intangible part to the Penguins. Uh, I think it's kind of a belief. That they have in themselves, that they've, that they've really developed over winning two Stanley Cups that would really serve them well in a series with Tampa. But Tampa's just an awesome team. But otherwise, no, I, I would say home ice advantage might be a little more important to them this year again because just their, their road performances haven't been as consistent.
0: Grover, great stuff as always. We'll talk again soon, I hope. All right, Mark. That's Bob Grove. Check out his work at Pittsburgh Hockey Now. Uh, We're going to talk more about the Penguins because it's hockey first here on the Mark Madden Show, but we'll talk about Lev Bell and whether or not the Steelers should franchise him, and I'm sure they will tomorrow by the 4 o'clock deadline. The bigger question is how it plays out from there. But for those who think Bell is this irreplaceable monster of a running back, the Steelers have played uh, 87 games, including playoff games, since Bell joined the team. He's been available for 66. He's not played in 21. The Steelers have averaged 25.3 points per game with Bell in the lineup. They've averaged exactly 25.3 points per game, the same figure with Bell out of the lineup. So is he really that valuable? He's valuable, but maybe not at $15 million per year, which is what Le'Veon Bell wants. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden.
1: Hey, uh, Mark, second time, caller. Oh, I love the show.
0: I'd like to talk to Mark about Mark Andre Furry. Pay attention, dumb skull, and talk. The X at 105.9. Thanks to Bob Grove for taking the time. Uh, Penguins host Calgary tonight. I feel like the Penguins are now starting to adjust to the trade. Uh, the team and Broussard both adjusting. You're seeing that in Tampa, too, after the big deal that brought McDonough from the Rangers to the Lightning. Uh, The Lightning beat Philadelphia in a shootout on Saturday, 7-6. And Philadelphia is hot and can score. But defensively, Tampa looked bad, and Vasilevsky had a rare bad game in goal. But again, it's about teams adjusting after a trade is made. Oh, by the way, I heard the Penguins offered a first and second round pick to the New York Rangers for JT Miller. The Pittsburgh kid. This was before the Brassard trade and the McDonough trade, obviously, which sent J.T. Miller to Tampa Bay as a piece of that deal. I'm told Rutherford offered a first and a second for Miller. The Rangers' GM wanted to do it, Jeff Gorton, but Glenn Sather said, nope, we're not helping Pittsburgh. Sather is the Rangers' president, really, there. G.M. Gorton does the crap work, and Sather has yay and nay. Hey, I'm glad it worked on how it did. I'd rather have Broussard, and a first and a second is too much for Miller, and he's not a center. Miller can play center, but not really, and then, of course, Miller went to Tampa. Uh, Calgary is in town, and the Flames are struggling. Mike Smith is out. The goalie, Calgary is 3-7 while he's been hurt. Smith is a great puck handler, so when he's out, their defense needs to do a lot more work. Calgary has Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Hockey, and a lot of talent, and they're chippy. They're tough and mean. But right now, they're three points out of a playoff burst, so the Flames need a win, which will make them either choke, either choke or play very well tonight. The Islanders needed a win Saturday. And they played okay, I guess, uh, when Jari was falling down anyway. Going to talk a bit about Le'Veon Bell at the uh, top of the hour. I want your feedback on uh, what the Steelers should do with him. The deadline to franchise him is 4 p.m. tomorrow. Ian Rappaport of NFL.com says the Steelers will franchise Bell. As I'm going to tell you at 4 o'clock... There's a way for the Steelers to franchise Bell and really screw him bad a a bit down the road. I'll tell you how that can play out. But as I said a moment ago, the Steelers, since Bell joined the team, have averaged the same amount of points per game, 25.3, with and without Bell in the lineup. And he wants twice as much as any other running back in football is making. He wants twice as much as any other running back in football is making. Do you believe he's worth twice as much as any other running back in football is making? Cuz I'm not so sure that he is. 4123339939 is the number to call up. Uh, you know, I actually saw a lot of the movies that won Oscars. Uh, It's great that Frances McDormand won Best Actress. She's from Anessan. Between Fargo and Three Billboards, she's established herself as the best actress of her generation and maybe longer. There's something about her that's so believable. Uh, Sam Rockwell also won. Uh, He got Best Supporting Actor for Three Billboards. I didn't think he was allowed to win because he played a racist cop who finds redemption, and bad people aren't allowed to find redemption. Uh, in today's world. But he was a worthy winner. Allison Janney, as Tanya Harding's mother, was a lock. Best Supporting uh, Actress for Allison Janney. And Gary Oldman was a lock for Best Actor for Darkest Hour, a-, a worthy winner there as well. He played Winston Churchill. And usually I don't think imitating somebody is acting, but Oldman was so good. In Oldman's career, he has played both Winston Churchill and Sid Vicious. That's pretty diverse and absolutely amazing. I haven't seen the movie yet, The Shape of Water. The best movie, best uh, motion picture, The Shape of Water. I got a DVD, so I'm going to check it out. But correct me if I'm wrong, isn't the basic premise of that movie that a human being's banging an alien? It's like sexy science fiction? Sounds kind of interesting, but... uh, Sounds kind of weird, too. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. The Lev bell thing, boy, that's going to get the talk going. No doubt about that. Uh, I just wouldn't give him a long-term contract under any circumstances. None. I might franchise him. If he doesn't sign the tender, I might screw him later down the road, and I will talk about that in just a bit. Uh, Did you watch that stadium game on Saturday? Toronto and Washington. Toronto wore all white unis, even white pants, white gloves, and white socks. You could barely see them on the ice. Didn't they remember that ice is white and that the boards are white? They looked like ghosts. What was Toronto thinking and the NHL? It made one of their showcase events into a nonstop optical illusion. And then the lights went out in the third period. Total amateur hour, 15-minute delay. And as a result of the 15-minute delay, at 11 p.m., NBC moved the game over to NBC Sports because they didn't want to delay the starting time of Saturday Night Live. Uh, That's kind of insulting, or at least reminds the NHL it doesn't matter. Maybe some Olympic revenge by NBC on the NHL because the NHL didn't allow its players to go to the PyeongChang Winter Games, which were televised by NBC. Let's go real quick at Harry and Dormont. Harry,
1: you're on the Mark Madden Show. Thanks for taking my call, Mark. I was wondering what Tampa Bay gave up to get J.T. Miller. and did Well, he was part of that big Ryan McDonough McDonough deal. Pardon
0: me? He was part of the big Ryan McDonough deal. Okay. They got uh, uh, Nemestikoff, two prospects, and a first and a second round pick. That's a pretty big package, and it got McDonough's contract off the books as well. So I can't say the Rangers didn't make a good deal. Involving J.T. Miller. Then again, if they could have got a first and a second from the Penguins for Miller, they still could have. Uh, they still could have uh, got McDonough. I don't know what the package would have been at that point, though. Interesting. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Excuse me, the Rangers, if they had traded Miller to, actually, no, maybe not. Maybe Miller was a, a part of that package because losing Nemestikov. Uh, Tampa wanted a rostered player in return. 412 is the number to call at the top of the hour. I'll tell you how the Steelers could really screw Le'Veon Bell, and it would be wonderful, yes. 105.9 The X. College football is considering a rule change. Did you see this one? They're considering allowing a fair catch on kickoffs. You can fair catch a kickoff. The goal is, the way football's headed, for no one to get hit or hurt ever. Which means it won't really be football much longer. (laughs) Fair catch a kickoff. Wow. No quarter. Brought to you by, I don't know who it's brought to me by. I don't have that. Oh, here it is. CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. I made a huge discovery on Saturday. A huge discovery. This place right by the hockey rink in Harmerville called Geno's Pizza. Remember a couple weeks ago we were debating and soliciting where do they have the best buffalo chicken pizza? Geno's in Harmerville has the best buffalo chicken pizza I've ever had anywhere. Very hot and spicy, but not too hot or too spicy. Some vegetables besides the chicken are used to great effect. Not too thin and not too thick. There you go. The number one buffalo chicken pizza around at Geno's in Harmerville. Uh, it was Mike Lang's 70th birthday on Saturday. Jen Bellano and the Penguins PR crew got a cake. And uh, Mike seemed touched the Hall of Famer. Happy for sure. So happy birthday, belatedly, to Mike Lang. It was Saturday, a big influence on me, and he is the voice of Pittsburgh hockey. When you hear Mike Clang, you think Penguins. Let's go to Nate on the road. Nate, you're on the Mark Madden Show. i it going, double M.
1: Good, Nate. What do you want? Oh, not too much. Hey, I met you on uh, over the weekend, and I told you I'd give you a call and what you thought about the uh, Junior Vengeance game and what you thought. Yeah, we're about not going.
0: Yeah, thanks. It was nice to meet you, Nate. We're not going to talk about Junior A hockey uh, on on game day for the Penguins and uh, Calgary Flames. I love the Vengeance. My buddy Dave Dorsey coaches. He got the Buffalo chicken pizza with me, but we'll we'll catch up with them at some other time. Let's go to Jason at Carnegie. Jason, you're on with Double F.
1: What up, Double One? What up? Hey, so since you don't want to sign Le'Veon Bell, what players would you sign with I, that money?
0: I didn't say I didn't want to sign Le'Veon Bell, Jason. I just don't want to pay him $15 million a season for four or five years. I don't want okay. to pay him twice as much as any running back in the league.
1: Okay, so you want to get rid of him then?
0: No, you see, Jason, you need to listen. You're some young, smartass ass. You live in a crap town. You're trying to get out of Carnegie. I don't blame you. I've been there. The stench is unbearable. But I don't want to pay him $15 million a year. That's all I've said. I didn't say I want to get rid of him. I said I didn't want to pay him $15 million a year. What about that is so hard to understand? My proxy would be getting rid of him then because the franchise... Goodbye, Jason. Goodbye. We'll see how it plays out. But no, I never said I want to get rid of Le'Veon Bell. Let's go to Matt in Center Township. Matt, you're on with Mark. Double M, how are you doing? Good, Matt. Yeah, I just want to talk about the Calgary Flames. I mean, I know got a, they're not a very good team this year, but it's looking like uh, they've
1: actually had the Penns in the past couple years now. Two years straight, we haven't been able to beat them. Just your thoughts on that.
0: I think when you play a team from the Western Conference as little as teams do with the crossover, I think any result like that is the product of a small sample and shouldn't be taken that seriously. Don't you agree? I do agree. I just uh, watch so much hockey all the time. I just, I always keep up with it. It's like, uh, I just hope we can beat on the night. You're right, Matt. I don't think they'll ever beat Calgary again. Let's go to Bob in the car. Bob, you're on with Double M. I'm okay. What up? So, if you had to guess, it would the foot race? You were That's, that's real funny, Bob. Just, did we dump that? Okay, we didn't dump that. Good. I'm glad we didn't dump that because that shows the pieces of crap that populate this time, the absolute pieces of crap that somebody would ask that. Let's go to Brian on the road. Brian, you're on with Double M. Brian, you're on with Mark. Terrific. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Turning back to the Penguins, and that's why I don't like to take calls. That segment got ruined by a bunch of crap calls. I got to admit, I was a bit surprised with some of the changes in the Penguins lineup made by Mike Sullivan on Saturday. And uh, Penguins won. I'm not complaining. Wasn't complaining then. Same lineup we'll play tonight. Uh, Hunwick, Ott, and Ruedel in, I get. Something had to give on defense. But up front, I was surprised Hornquist went to Sid's line. Because that Malkin line was going so great with Haglund and Hornquist on the wings. But each line got one change. One player was different on each line. I think maybe Sullivan's goal there was, okay, we're playing bad, so let's make everybody adjust just a little bit. Don't destroy the team's comfort level, but shake it up just a touch. Uh, I give Tristan Jari a lot of credit. He fell down and lit up that horrible first goal, but he did okay after that. And the Islanders kind of helped him out. Uh, When a goalie lets in a bad goal, the conventional wisdom dictates, shoot from anywhere. He's shaky. Well, the Islanders did that and took some easily handled shots and let Jari feel the puck and let him get back in the game. I don't know how many of you read my Sunday column at TribLive.com, but I believe the reason the Pens were willing to sacrifice Ian Cole in a trade for Broussard is because management and coaching felt it was more likely that Hunwick would close the gap on Cole's play that was Sheehan could consistently play well enough to center Kessel. That's no knock on Riley Sheehan. He's been playing very well, but not well enough to center Kessel 5-on-5, game in and game out. I said when the Pens got Sheehan that ultimately, Rutherford would get a better third line center and Shane would be fourth line so it was said and so it did come to pass up next i'm going to tell you how the steelers could really screw lev bell 1059x